Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Crazy Talk. <laughs> Once again, we are here to bring you legacy. This is KYT joined by my co-hosts, Alex, Frank, and obviously Jonathan Medina. Woo! Hey, that means Make- I'm a host. <laughs> Make sure to say his full name. <laughs> he likes that. Um, so we've decided based on the feedback that we wanted more Medina and everybody on Twitter has said so so in this episode in the comments and we hope you put the comments on manadeprived.com because MTG Cast has been getting all these different podcasts and they're, they're posting and, they, and your comments will likely get lost in the shuffle. At least that happens to me. So, what we want, what I want actually, is after your comment, put more Medina <laughs> as a hashtag if you want more. <laughs> or you could put less, less Medina. Medina yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we just want to see what what's the optimal level of Medina <laughs> from here on. If anyone puts less Medina, I'm personally going to beat them down. <laughs> I, like, I like going with three Medina because, like, the full play set, Sometimes they get clogged into your hand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've been getting questions uh, via Twitter or, or email. And one of them actually we want to address, uh, this is our first topic, uh, came from Luke uh, from Mana Nation who writes uh, cast, cast or Casting Through Time who reviews all these uh, podcasts that he listens to. And he does an excellent job, um, and I, I look forward to seeing what he has to say about all the cast every week. And his questions on uh, what we talked about on MTGO Legacy. So, hey, KYT, I have a question and some thoughts. What are the risks of getting into Legacy on MTGO where there is no reprint policy? I'm thinking the best approach will be to buy cards that can be played in multiple decks so that I can try a few strategies. I bought... Exiler on Crazy Talk's recommendation, so I'm thinking of buying four Wastelands, which will be useful in that deck, but I'm nervous about the possibility of a reprint. Other decks I'm interested in are Death and Taxes, uh, Vile Goblins Belcher, Combo Elves, Painter, and Affinity. By buying the Exiler deck, I've got the Aether Vials, which will be necessary for many of these decks. Now, the only other really expensive card that's common to pretty much all of them is Wasteland, so should I just bite the bullet and pick up four? And uh, John, I don't know if your ex- if your expertise in finance is uh, on top of things in MTGO land. But I, what do you? Th- any thoughts? Expertise in finance? I thought I was on here because <laughs> of my legacy knowledge. <laughs> no, you're a knowledgeless fool. Right? <laughs> he just trades cards. <laughs> so, um, like, yeah, what's the reprint p- policy like in real life? How does it work? Okay. Briefly. Do you do you know? Okay. Do you know, or is this for our listeners? Uh, I don't know either. Actually, I don't. Okay. I haven't really actually cared about that since. Yeah, since I never played Legacy. This is probably a good question because a lot of people are getting into Legacy, and the people who who didn't care about Legacy before now is just kind of like reprint policy. What's that? Who cares? You know. Right. Um, what the reprint policy is is way back in the day. Um, Wizards promised not to reprint certain cards. Okay? So the dual lands are on that list. Um, so what happened was recently, this, this, this promise was made a long time ago before Hasbro bought the company. And so recently everybody was kind of like 
they reprinted something from the reprint list in one of the From the Vault Exiled. Um, oh. Let's see, what was it? Um, it was something not not extravagant, but it was something from the reprint list. Well, wasn't it? Wasn't it the Mox? Mox Diamond? Uh, I don't think so. Let me let me pull this up while I talk. Um, so, anyways, there's this reprint list or th- this list that they promised not to reprint. And recently, because what when they did the reprint in the From the Vaults, um, there it brought up the question again: Is Wizards going to, you know, maybe do away with the reprint policy or whatever? And Wizards reaffirmed the reprint policy. The policy recently. So, uh, it, on March 2010, this is what the official reprint policy says. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just so you get the gist. To maintain your confidence in magic, in the magic game as a collectible, we've created this Magic the Gathering uh, card reprint policy. So, let me see if Mox Diamond is on that. Yeah, it is. I, I looked it up myself. <laughs> Good job, Frank. Oh, yeah! <laughs> so, Mox Diamond's on this? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't see it here. Well, uh, <laughs> they're they're sorted by sets, so you're oh, gonna they're sorted by sets, not yeah, 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 alphabetic. Okay, okay. So you looked it up. I guess I'll just trust you, and you know. So, anyways, they did this. Uh, they did that, and so in Paper Magic, all of these things, and we can put this in the show notes for people who don't have it. Right. All of these. Uh, all of these cards on this. Policy will not be reprinted in Paper Magic. Um, oh, Frank's Frank's right on top of it. Look at that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so um, so basically, uh, on MTGO there is no such policy. So what happened was recently is in uh, Masters Edition Four they reprinted the Dual Lands. Right. So what what that what that did was all the people who had invested in the dual lands before they were higher priced and then when they reprinted them all the dual lands uh you know went down in price. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So right, right. what Luke's question is is like if he goes and buys wastelands what'll happen if they reprint them and the price is going to go down? And then you know he he wants to avoid that I guess or he has reservations about that. How much uh, are wastelands? Let- uh, do you know, John, online? Uh, last time I checked, there were like 35 tickets, but let me... Okay. Which is Frank? like $35. Go ahead, Frank. Do you, do you know, like, the duels, like, uh, how how they were affected by the, the latest uh, Master's Edition? Like, did they go half in value, or... Um, I want to say... Of the... Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I was much more aware when it happened, because I was tracking the pricing, but... I want to say that maybe some of them have to, uh, some of them lost like 10 tickets, like Underground Sea, um, you know, stuff like that. So they didn't completely have, but they lost a lot of value. Okay. I think the scariest one right now that others have mentioned is like Wasteland. I can see, I don't care. I probably wouldn't care much. I think Force of Will is the, it's the main thing because it's over a hundred something ticks. So if it, that gets reprinted in like some master's edition five or something, then, you know, you can see a huge margin, like, I think, right? I think that's, that's like my biggest worry and yeah. that's why I haven't bought forces yet. 
Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, is if it doesn't get reprinted, then not buying forces is a misplay because they're just going to keep going up. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Because okay. cause people are going to, a lot more people are getting into uh, Legacy in general. We'll talk about this later in the cast. Um, but they're also doing it online as well as kind of like a, like a training wheels because the duels are so cheap online. So let me just address Luke's question, then I'll pass it around the round table and see what everyone else has to think. Um, what I think is this, okay, this is not the stock market, okay? This is not a place to put money for an investment, okay? This is a game. <laughs> like, we, we play this card, this is a card game, okay? Speak so, for yourself, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I mean, if you're viewing this as an investment, then you're doing it wrong, as far as, like, MTGO, in, in the sense that, in the sense that you can... I guess, I guess you have to decide, okay? You have to decide, are you going to play Legacy on MTGO or are you going to play the MTGO stock market? You, you understand what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Like, there's some decisions you want to make for, for money's sake and some decisions you want to make for play sake. Like, if you're buying a From the Vault X, not From the Vault, but if you're buying one of these Exiler decks, you're buying it so you can play Legacy. So, you need you need wastelands to do that, so go get the wastelands. If they go down in price, then they go down in price. Like you're you're not you're not doing this to con- if you're trying to conserve money or trying to make money on MTGO, you shouldn't even be buying Exiler. You shouldn't <laughs> even be like worrying about wastelands. You should be like trying to build a bot or like you know uh, stock a bot or you know this kind of stuff. Not not the kind of stuff that that Luke is talking about. So what I say is, if you want to play Legacy on MTGO. Go buy the cards and play. I mean, because it's gonna, it's all gonna. That's what you're doing it for. You're doing it to play. You're not doing it to make money. You know what I'm saying? Right, Frank. Yeah, me, me, I like me. I also think you know, like how much, how much time are you gonna spend like playing uh, Legacy? If you're gonna play a few games and then give up on it, <laughs> then uh, it's probably not worth the investment. But if you like, if you really pull all the time into it, then you're gonna get a great return on on those uh, on those cards that you buy. And I I think it's the same thing for uh, for print also. You know, like the the paper magic. You know, like I bought like personally, I bought all the duels, but I plan to play a lot. Like I plan to play a lot. You know, so over John, time uh, Frank, it's gonna be Frank. a good investment. John Frank actually took a picture on Facebook of him with all his duels. So, <laughs> showing how baller he is. Was he just laying in a bed with all of them, like, all around him? Just like... <laughs> no, but that, that would have been funny. That would have been sick. Alex, any, any last thoughts? I, I'm just totally in agreement with uh, John, I think, so I have nothing to add. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, you really have to view them not only, you know, as an investment, because... But like basically, we're, you have to think that we're actually lucky that you know Magic is a game that you can play, that you can entertain yourself with, and actually get some value out at the end. Like you know, if you're going to see a movie in the theaters, you don't expect to like trade your movie stub in at the end for five <laughs> bucks, right? When you pay ten bucks to go in, right? <laughs> like you know, so you're, you are buying wastelands. You know, maybe they'll go down in price, but you'll get to play with them, right? Yeah. Like, I think like, that's a, I think that's an excellent point about the movie ticket because it's like this is a this is for entertainment sake and I just want to use that to clarify like 
I know I'm the financial guy and I talk about investing in cards all the time. And I think that you can do that. I think you can invest in MTGO and I think you can invest in other cards. But the, the question that Luke is asking is, should I buy Wastelands because they make my deck better? I'm worried about them going down in price. Well, you know, yeah, buy the bullet. Don't worry about them going down in price because that's not the reason you're buying them. Hmm. Yeah, like let's say you lose 20 bucks on your set of Wastelands, right? I mean, you've lost 20 bucks, but you got a lot of playtime in with it. And that's Hopefully. like, yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, well, like Frankie said, that you know, if if you're planning to play like two matches of Legacy, it's probably not worth it. Exactly. Like myself, I bought Baneslayer Angels when they were like forty-five bucks, but like I played with them plenty enough to make that worthwhile, you know. Mm-hmm. And like in the long run, like yeah, maybe like I lost. I should have bought them <laughs> later, but who cares, you know? I beat your face with an angel. <laughs> okay, to finish up, I don't know if we, John, you, you skipped through this really fast, but why did, why was Mox Diamond reprinted? Oh, because it was it was in the From the Vault relics, right? Uh, set, and whenever they whenever they do one of these From the Vault sets, right, they always try to have like a flagship card. Like, the first, uh, one of the cards was from the vault, um, I don't remember, I want to say it was, like, Exile, or from the vault, uh... Dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Exile, the thing in Exile was Berserk. So, like, that used to be a, I don't know, $50 card or whatever, and then they reprinted in a set that's supposed to, you know, sell for 34 bucks. So, like... That's the same thing with Mox Diamond. Mox Diamond was a $35 card, and then they reprinted it in this thing. It's kind of like their flagship, you know what I mean? And it was relics, so it was all artifacts. So that's why Mox Diamond. So they're, they're making an exception for these special sets, so it is possible? No, no, no. And that's that's what brought up the big question, is because, like, they wanted to... I think... I have no idea why Wizards okay. did it. Like, why did they print Mox Diamond in there and, like, bring up all these questions? I have no idea. Like, I don't know. But that's what happened is when they printed it, everyone was like, they had the same reaction you had. Yeah. They're like, well, wait a second. Does this mean that the duels <laughs> could be reprinted in, like, From the Vault Duel Lands? Like, <laughs> oh, man, that'd be so sick. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, all over the Internet right now, like, uh, MTG Salvation, like, everyone started these rumors, From the Vault Duel Lands, Medina said it's coming out. <laughs> Like, one thing that happened with the announcement is that before that, there was kind of a loophole in the policy right. that would let them reprint cards on the reserve list, maybe like as judge foils, yeah, and but- as, as, also as what they did with the Mox Diamond. When they made the announcement in March, they... They close. They also close the loophole, but like I, be- what I believe also is maybe the case is that I think there might be some people at uh, within Wizard of the Coast that uh, maybe they would like to see those cards reprinted, like because like it, like somehow in like there's like in in, uh, in Legacy like acquiring those dual. It is a, a barrier to entry for some people, you know? And maybe some people at Wizards would like to reprint them so that, like, more people can enjoy the game. But at the same time, there's this uh, commitment that they took, like, uh, a long time ago 
and like maybe others like don't want to break that promise that they made and it makes the company look bad but uh, i think i think there's there might be an internal struggle there but like mm-hmm. they they uh, like obviously they don't wash uh, their dirty clothes in public <laughs> it's like the mafia you know like they do it in the back alley or something <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, like, like waste just, management, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the counter, the they counter do that point. dirty business in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> the, the counterpoint to that is, um, I guess, like, there's always this question about the balance between like cost to like play the game and you know um, and like ownership of cards and this just like delicate balance of, like, where they should be on things. Should they print cards that go up to $100? You know what I mean? And some people, they don't, I guess they don't understand that Wizards doesn't dictate how much a card is going to cost. You know what I mean? Like, they print a card, it could be, like, a really powerful card, but they have no idea that people are going to shell out X dollars for the card. So, like, when you start talking about like barrier to entry for dual lands, the, the the other side of that is that once you get your dual lands, then it's kind of like it helps you to take pride in the game because now you have like uh, part stake in like this format. You know what I mean? You have part ownership. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, I do. And so like so like the cross argument is that if they just like reprint the dual lands or made them really easy to get then it's kind of like that old saying, if you don't work for something, you're not going to appreciate it. So, like, if you don't make that investment in the format, then you'll, it'll be just as easy to leave the format when when you don't want to play anymore or whatever, like Standard was. I mean, like Standard was, it was pretty easy to get in and then pretty easy to get out. But, like, right. people, people who have, like, all this invested in dual lands, they tend to stick around the game longer, and also they get a lot more play out of those dual lands because those things are just infinite staples, you know, in the format. They, they don't they don't rotate out, they don't get old, you know? Yeah, like, I think there's, you know, Magic is a collectible card game, and there sometimes is a bit of stress between the collectible and the card game. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who collect the cards and build up collections and so on, and a lot of people just want to play. And for the people who just want to play, definitely, you know, the cost of acquiring jewels is a barrier. But uh, I definitely agree with you partly that, you know, it's, it, you know, the, the thing you work for is always much sweeter. Okay. So, which reminds me, I don't want to, we'll talk about this uh, later, because it reminded me of a player yesterday that I guess I'll mention a bit later. So, uh, of course, we're going to jump right to... Uh, the big event, and, and it's good that it happens every weekend. I don't know how what's the SCG schedule like, but it gives us something to talk about at least every week so we don't have to do too much homework. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, SCG Memphis and our good friends from YoMTG Taps were there to uh, commentate on the live games. And... Uh, Merfolk took it all, and we saw Team America, Affinity in the top eight once again. And it seems what people have told me is true, that it's like a wide, it feels like a wide-open metagame. 
I remember when I first started following SDG, uh, the legacy events, Goblins won, then a bunch of different decks, then High Tide, and now we were back to Merfolk, so it's quite impressive, but it, isn't it these type of metagames that are hard to prepare for? Like, do you just bring your best, the deck that you play the best with, or is there actually some metagaming going on? Alex? <laughs> well, I think Legacy is a lot more important to play play the deck that you play the be- like perfectly rather than pick the perfect deck. Like, uh, there's so many different viable decks, and it's it's pretty much impossible to sideboard against everything. So, and people always will, you know, in, in Type 2 or whatever, there, there's a certain number of archetypes, and people bring rogue decks, but it's very, you know, very uncommon. Whereas in Legacy, there's such a huge percentage of rogue decks that uh, really you should just play what you're comfortable with, I find, and that you feel you play very well. Okay. So I guess the, get, the rest of the guys agree. <laughs> well, you know, I, I played I played the Merfolk deck uh, last night, and it was my first time with it. And uh, I gotta give props to the guy who won the entire thing with it because uh, it's a tough deck to play, man. <laughs> I guess that goes uh, like that supports the the point that Alex made that like you have to be familiar with your deck, you know. The guy who played it, his name is Alex um, Bertoncini, right? Right, right. And uh, he actually plays Merfolk in Legacy. That's what he plays. So, like, um, it just, it also goes, it just agrees with what what, um, what Alex is saying. Not Alex Bertoncini, but our Alex. Um, <laughs> but Alex just keep winning these Legacy events, though. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have the name for it, bro. You have the name for it. <laughs> Well, so, number one eternal player in Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he he plays he plays only Merfolk, and um, you know he's gotten so comfortable with the deck that he plays it really well. And um, I just like I, I agree. I mean, there's to a degree like there's all these guys, all these guys that are are top eighting the same guys are top eighting these legacy events. You know what I mean? And right. the same guys are playing well, so it's just like, I think it's just getting in the format with a deck that you like to play, and learning the card interactions, and like, kind of learning what you can expect, you know? If you start seeing artifact lands, and like, ancient tombs, then you know, like, oh, this seems like maybe a welder deck with like, show and tell, you know, if there's no ancient tombs, it's just artifact lands, and hey, it's, a, it's an affinity deck, you know? Like, but you're not going to know, like, if that affinity deck has Tezzeret, if the affinity deck is like just pure like disciple default affinity, or if it's got like no disciples and like you know if it has single pass or ornithopter, like so you just kind of have to be, you kind of have to you know just be on your on your game. And I think I think it's more important to you know my buddy Pete says it's legacy. You can do whatever the hell you want. You, know? <laughs> like, you, you can just play you can play whatever deck you want. You just have to understand you know what's happening on the table. So I do want to talk about more specifically on uh, as we we sort of skim through the decks. So let's take a look at the winners list. And I've I've scanned through many Murfolk lists in the past, and I think the unique aspect. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. Is is Kira Gray Glass Spinner one of the more unique cards that I've seen, at least? No. No. 
No. This is this is like a regular. Is it just basically a stock list? What's is there anything unique about his particular build? <laughs> I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna show the the mistress factory. Okay. But then he what? says, he says, uh, he says yeah. Kira. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't, I haven't seen, or, well, granted, I have been only been playing Legacy for a month and going to like three events in my life. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the differences on this list, um, is that I see, and, and Alex, I'll pass it over to you after, is, um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> is, uh, Sower of Temptation main deck, one of them, uh, a Singleton, uh, Spell Pierce main deck. And then, like, the Mistress Factory is, um, is, uh, Alex Bertoncini's, uh, like, signature on the deck. Like, the deck never ran a Mistress Factory. It always just ran four Mutavolts and four Wastelands. But Alex said he wanted a fifth Manland. And he also uses it, he can use it to pump his Mutavolt, because his Mutavolt is also a factory worker. Or an assembly worker, rather. Yeah. So, like, so, like, he can swing in with his Mutavolt, and if, Somebody like doesn't know the interaction where like they just think the Mutavolt's gonna be a 2-2 or a 3-3 from the Lord of Atlantis and say they block with a 2-2 or whatever, then he can pump it with the Mistress Factory and make it a 3-3. Ooh. Yeah, so that's his signature thing. So the things that stand out to me is the Mistress Factory, the Singleton Spell Pierce, and the Singleton uh, Sower. Right. Like here a great glass spinner isn't an every Merfolk deck, but it's like Relatively common. It's in a bunch of Merfolk decks. Okay. Um, yeah, they they started playing that one like a few months ago, I think. No, I think it's been at least it's been longer than that. Yeah, yeah. longer than that. Yeah. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but like but it's. it's really... <laughs> Go ahead, Frank. Oh, you're wrong. Frank. That one... you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he forgot to say, or maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot that one. <laughs> but like it shot up, like that card shot up in value. Like maybe maybe it was just last year. Or... Yeah, it's been creeping. It's been creeping. It was at um, it used to be a three dollar card about maybe two years ago, and then like somewhere in that in that like somewhere in that year two years ago, it crept up to six, and then like it's just gone off the charts this year. At, it's I think it's like eleven or twelve now. Whoa. Big spender, this this guy. <laughs> yes, food is deck. <laughs> I I think like one one other thing that like might stand out about the um, the Merfolk list is that it's not playing standstill. Like right. some some decks play it. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a staple of the archetype, but like uh, obviously he didn't he didn't go. Well. Uh, Alex, we've yeah, talk. well, not not quite. Like there really are two kinds of Merfolk lists. There's like the ones that play standstill and the ones that don't. Like e- either you play standstill or you go all sort of more aggressive with more lords, which is clearly what uh, Alex uh, Bertrandini is plan- <laughs> trying to do. Yeah, you either go more lords or you go more Medina. One of <laughs> <laughs> You're a fan of the standstill Medina? No, actually, I think it's terrible with all these Etherbob decks around. Because they, if they drop a turn one ether vial, then that totally just basically makes like four of your cards dead in your deck, because you can never drop that standstill on top of their ether vial. Right, but I asked if you were a fan of it. Like you, you're a fan of a lot of terrible things, like playing destructive force on a fi- when you have five five titan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was in my feature match, right? 
did you did you have a feature match recently? <laughs> have you been covered? What's your name again? More Medina. So yeah, um, I I used to play Landsteel back in the day, but you just I I think it's kind of it's pretty much unplayable right now. I mean, right now, as in like last time I played Legacy two or three weeks ago. I don't know if it's like right now if it's the new hot tech, but like two or three weeks ago when I was playing Legacy, uh, standstill decks like Landsteel and stuff were just not. I just don't, I don't think the build, yeah, I just think with Ether Vial so prominent, like, you just don't want to play standstill. Well, I don't know, I actually like it in Merfolk, like, the the deck, because it allows you to have, you know, when you go have your own vials, it's pretty pretty nuts, and your wastelands and manlands. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but, I mean, it's really good when you have your own vial, but, like, if they drop a vial, then what do you do? Play a Daze or a Force of Will? <laughs> yeah, but if you do that, if you do that, you're good. You anyway. If you do that, you're good anyway, though. You don't need standstills to make that play good. Well, they can still cast the creatures, you know. Merfolk already tends to have problems with other Aether Vile decks, like yeah, Goblins so, or Zoo. Or so why would you compound those problems by having four dead cards in your deck? Well, why wouldn't you make your other matchups better? It sounds like a well. Which matchup does it make better? It doesn't make matchups with like him any better. Uh, I think it it's pretty good against him. I'd say. Well, you draw cards, but like those decks that run like him and Thoughtseize, it's like one of the best things to break a standstill with is Thoughtseize. Well, I mean, if you have no <laughs> cards in hand, but they're still making you draw three, and spending a card of theirs to trade for a card of yours. Yeah, but what are you drawing? You're drawing, you're drawing dudes. Like, <laughs> so what? You know, like, that's not, that's not something to worry about. They're, they have removal spells. Like, what's the worst you're going to do? Draw a force of and counter their him? You're going to, you're still going to You're talking about Nazis for a second there. Alright, we'll so stay on You would not, like, you wouldn't, if your opponent played Thoughtseize on you, you wouldn't like to play an Ancestral Recall for one colorless more? In response? In response is different, though. Well, that's what's effectively happening, because they're playing Thoughtseize and you're drawing three in response. No, because they get to choose when they do that. So, like, it's not in response. But, I mean, that's irrelevant. The point is, the point is, is that decks like that don't care about dudes. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, breaking a standstill with Thoughtseize is, is <laughs> definitely, like, reasonable. You know? Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree, but... Uh... I've noticed a little pattern here, John, that uh, whatever deck seems to be winning the Star City events, something <laughs> you have, uh, you're a big fan of, you know? No, like, you... you How do I do it again? How do I do it again? so sick, but no standstills, don't worry, bro. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, what I'm doing is I'm giving the voice of reason here. <laughs> I'm explaining to the listeners why there's no standstill in the Merfolk decks now, okay? That's what I'm explaining. Do I like Merfolk? No, I don't like Merfolk. I don't play that deck. I don't like it. I'd much rather play something like Team America or, you know, uh, I don't know, man, Bant. You know, I'd much rather play something like that. I I never built a Merfolk deck. In, like, I built it once because I had Foil Lord of Atlantis. And like everything else in the deck foil, 
I built it once, I played like three games with it, and then I was like, alright, I'm done. I don't want to check. <laughs> so no, I don't like Merfolk. But I'm just I, giving reason. Frank? <laughs> I pretty much did the same <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I played a few games with Merfolks and I didn't like it. I guess like either you're into little blue man or you're not. <laughs> Well, I noticed why I thought Kira was new, because I've just quickly scanned through all the Merfolk lists, and every deck list that played Kira was Alex's, <laughs> and everybody else played Standstill. So, to, uh, in, oh, well, not, not like, it wasn't like a 4 for 4 swap, obviously. It's probably like the, the misers that Alex is playing, like the Sour of Temptation and, and the Spell Pierce, and the two Kiras instead of the four Standstill. But the way, I don't know, the way John worded, I I feel like I have to, unless I misunderstood, I, I feel like I have to side with Alex or something. <laughs> I'm fine with drawing three cards, I mean, even if he thought seizes. Like, yeah, what's I he going to take, a dude? <laughs> I am drawing three dudes. Like, no, the worst thing to take is another standstill, because then you're not drawing three cards off of that one. <laughs> I mean, is your opponent drawing three cards ever a good thing? So like no. <laughs> you're basically you're basically setting me up to fail with this logic. Right. It's like, would you you know? Well, would you like to draw three cards if your opponent thought sees you? The thing well, is, you're the one who set yourself up to fail though with this no, whole no. argument. No, no shit, I would like to draw three cards, right? If my opponent thought sees me, like, come on, that's an easy thing to answer. But the question is, why is why is standstill not prevalent in the meta? That's the question. If it's so good, where is it, Alex? Well, I, I I think right at the moment you might be correct that standstill is actually not a good choice. That was my only point. <laughs> that was it. I'm not saying that we're, drawing three cards. We're all in is bad. agreement, man. That's good. One of your more arguments. Along. along. It's because Alex wants to be contrary for some reason. <laughs> Being contrary is awesome. He, he likes playing the, these mind games. Uh, that, that's why I think. Do you see how he set it up, though? He goes, he goes. What do you think about standstill, John? Do you like it? And I'm just like, little did I know I was walking into a trap because it <laughs> it's a trap. So I'm like, well, I understand why it's not in there. And then you're like, well, I like it. This is why? Because I draw three cards. It's like, yeah, that's why it was good. No shit, you draw three cards, like. <laughs> Well, what I got out of it was, uh, it's good unless they have Aether Vial. That's what I got out <laughs> Or, or Manlands where they can put the pressure on more than you can put it on. I mean. Okay, outside of casting a spell. Okay. Manlands. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, look at the, you look at the top eight decks. Heck, you could even look at the, uh, heck, the, the, the top 16 <laughs> decks of, uh, the start CD tournament and which, how many play Aether Vial, John? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. Re- I haven't preemptively researched the question that you're going to attack me with. <laughs> well, here, here's here's the uh, a nice open link in the chat, courtesy of KYT. What's the answer? Zero. No, there are. There's Alex Bertoncini's deck, and the sixth place Merfolk guy is also playing Aether Vials. There's a no band and affinity two Team Americas, then Merfolk Team America no band, Painted Stone Painted Stone no band, The Rock El Jazzy Post Team America, Ad Nauseum The Rock. So what are you trying to say? 
So I'm saying against all of those decks, I would like to be playing standstills on my Merfolk list, except for the Mirror. So where are they? Where are the standstills at? Go. When was the last time standstills showed up in one of these Star City Games tournaments? Let's look. Six. The sixth place guy played it. He didn't play Kira. Like only Alex Bertuccini plays Kira from from what I've seen. So. See, Alex Bertuccini, you know, he's he's a very good player and he has his deck, you know, that he's been playing forever, and it suits his style that he's practiced with the deck to not have standstills. But I don't think that's a decision that not everybody should make without thinking about it. Yeah, but so you just basically made your point irrelevant because it's like it doesn't matter if standstills good now as long as you just play well with your deck, right? Like standstills irrelevant is what you're saying. That's oh. crazy talk. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I'm is is you're saying by your logic, you're saying like, that it's relevant, but you by your logic, it makes no difference whether you're playing ad nauseum or you're playing zoo. Like, it's like, you know, some people are be- play prefer playing and are better with combo decks, and some are prefer playing and are better with aggro decks. Okay, so what's your point? So my point is that Merfolk with standstills and Merfolk without standstills with, say, more Mer- uh, Merfolk sovereigns are play out very differently. So what is your overall point? That you're I, agree, <laughs> I agree, I agree, I agree that, sta- that decks with standstill, like Merfolk decks with standstill... And Merfolk decks without standstill, I agree they play differently. Because you have standstills in one and you have other stuff in other deck. So, so what is the point? But I think Alex, I'll, I'll come in. I just think yeah. Alex's point is Bertuccini did well with his list, not necessarily because not having standstills better, but that he plays that per- specific version of Merfolk better. So. Sure, and, and I didn't say that he did well because he didn't have standstill. You kind of did, actually. You were like, show me the standstills, Alex. <laughs> you did say that, John. <laughs> yeah, and you found one deck list with standstills in it. Out of st- and you found one Merfolk list was... without standstills. <laughs> I, think, oh, no. I, think Alice, I know what John's going to say. I, I think Alice mind-tricked John into that position. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's just talking in circles because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, what, I, what I'm saying is, all as I said was the meta game doesn't seem to suit Standstill. Okay, that's all I said. Okay, but Alex counters with uh, with the top 16 list and saying that he would prefer standstill, right? And that's it. And then we can move on, right? <laughs> yes. And, and okay. Alex counters with he would prefer to run standstills in his deck. And I say, good, go run standstills. <laughs> that's okay with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. My, deck, my Merfolk deck, if I was playing Merfolk, because that's more my my preferred style of play. I like to be able to control games a little more rather than be on the more aggressive side of Merfolk. So, so if you bait me into a fight so that you could say you'd rather play standstills in your Merfolk deck, and I say, <laughs> fine, go ahead. <laughs> We're trying to tell our listeners what's better, though. I guess there, like, there is the, no, my you point can't is that say what's better here. Exactly. Okay. That, I agree with that entirely. That was basically so, my point. So what should our readers take away? Just... Pick whatever they're comfortable with. Is that our bottom well, I line think here? That if they're trying, if they want to play Merfolk and they're trying to play Merfolk, that they should try both playing Merfolk with standstills and without. Okay. okay. How, could you agree with that, John? <laughs> yes, and if they want to buy standstills, they should talk to me so that they could try them in their deck. <laughs> man, I need a playset. Got it. Me up later, man. Oh, guys, guys, this is crazy. 
<laughs> so if you like John there, hashtag more Medina. If you liked Alex, hashtag less Medina. <laughs> Let's remember Medina. that. But but I still win because prize if, if if there's more less Medinas, <laughs> one person's gonna win a prize in the raffle. <laughs> Look at, listen listen to this. I still win because the measure by which we measure this is more or less Medina. Right. Alex's name is nowhere in there. <laughs> it's just Medina. That's all it is. It's win win for after it three. sucks being a nobody. Actually, <laughs> I prefer being being behind the scenes pulling the I strings. Think, I think that's why John's uh, Skype pictures of him with a Star City game shirt. He wants to rub it in on. <laughs> Are you wearing a fake nose in that uh, picture too? No, that is my real nose. It's, it's all me, baby. <laughs> it takes up like half the picture. <laughs> yeah, I know some people are jealous. You know, I understand. So the other deck I wanted to talk about, since obviously I'm the clock Nazi, is uh, <laughs> a deck that uh, John says its name a lot <laughs> on our uh, very few two episodes. America. <laughs> and it's got three four there, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's got three copies, so I think that's the most in the top eight and. Most in the top 16, so definitely a deck are, well, are my Twitter friend and probably John's real life friend, Drew Levin, played. And I wanted to correct Alex from our last show. I think you mentioned Drew Levin playing two coughs. It's, I think it was Pat Sullivan after listening to the YoMTG tap show. It was Pat Sullivan who thought that you could upgrade cough by playing a second one based on his experience with other card games. Yeah, and that's the same... No, it was... I'm Thrun. So was Drew Levin. Okay, my bad. Levin played two Thruns, Sullivan played two Coughs, and I thought you could upgrade your Inferno Titan by playing a Destructive Force (laughs) from my experience with other card games, so I was trying to upgrade there. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you you did upgrade then. (laughs) <laughs> I did upgrade big time. <laughs> we we mentioned like the guy being called two coughs or something, so that's why it came to mind. Um, so Team America. Um, I had to uh, spend a lot of money to get it together with Frank. <laughs> <laughs> spent roughly five hundred dollars putting this, buying wastelands and force of wills and Tarmogoyf and why other... did you do that, KYT? Why you had His some pocket was too full. No, why did you why did you put that much money into a legacy deck? Why not? But why? I mean, let's our listeners right now are hearing you say I spent five hundred dollars. But these are staples that five hundred dollars. <laughs> Besides thinking KYT is a baller, right? Right. They're they're gonna, they're thinking like, what is the value here? There is no what. <laughs> Are you telling me it's yeah, bad for no, me to... I'm asking you so that you can give your reason to the listeners. My reasoning is just that uh, it's clear that the cards are going to go higher and higher, and I've seen Channel Fireball buy list for Force of Wills go, like, at some point, I remember you could even buy, I guess, maybe not mint condition forces, but for 40 each, mm-hmm. and now people are buying them for 40, like, stores are buying them for 40, and I'm seeing the trend... Uh, if you go to blacklotusproject.com, the trend for certain legacy cards, everything is trending upwards. And there seems to be no, for at least certain cards, uh, people have told me that, you know, forces aren't on the reserve list, so, you know, there's, there's risk there. But in all these cards, it's only gonna get more and more expensive, and it's like you're putting 
you're just banking your money, I feel, and I'm not losing much and just spending on legacy cards. So. It just sounds like a pretty sound idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Coming from the Lord of Financial Magic, that's pretty good, uh, KYT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a sick title. What's your title, Alex? <laughs> oh, yeah, nothing. Okay. Keep going, going KYT. Um, so... <laughs> you know, you ever see two dogs in the park? There's like, there's like one big dog, and there's one little dog. And the little dog, you know, the big dog just like looks at the little dog, and the little dog's like, woof, 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 barking and like running it, and the owner has to restrain it, and the big dog just like, yo, what's up? You're small, so you feel you have to assert yourself in other ways. <laughs> These guys. Right. Um, so, Team America. <laughs> so, I, I was playing. <laughs> Sorry, change the subject. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to refocus the subject. <laughs> so, I don't know if the, uh, the object of the deck is a lot of... I don't know why it's called Team America. Maybe it was created by American pros a few years ago. I have no clue. Do any of you guys have the background on the name? It was named shortly after that movie came out, because that's when the deck was created. <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen that movie, Team America, Justice League, or whatever? And it's got those puppets and all that stuff. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think I have. Oh, that's where the song comes from, dude. <laughs> that's, where, that's where that whole thing that whenever time every time I say America, that's from that I thought song. it was just something. I gave you too much credit. I thought it was something you came up with. <laughs> Dude, I'm not that smart. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like that's smart. <laughs> like a, a deck that just destroys lands and destroys hand, and then just so, at some point land a really cheap threat that the opponent doesn't have resources. Uh, board position resources to deal with, and then you just pound them f- for f- like with Tomb Stalker five 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 five, and then they're dead. And that's how I won my first game, first match with the deck against a Protean Hulk combo. Once I put like Tomb Stalker in play, and he had no hand, he was just top decking, just died in roughly four turns. And but other than that, I felt I had trouble against Alex when he was playing uh, his affinity list. Though they were my cards, I, I don't know if feel the pain. I don't know if it's supposed to be bad against aggro because on the draw you got, you know, wasteland. You'd prefer to to use them on on the play, obviously, obvious. And uh, having days uh, when you're on the play in your hand, having them be more uh, usable on, on like an affinity early draw is quite useful. I feel they they lose a lot of their value when you're on the draw. I, I might be wrong. Wastelands? You're talking about? Uh, days, dazes. Like, Alex recommended me even to sideboard them out against against him, but I didn't have what, that many good options. What was Alex playing? Affinity. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, days is awkward against Affinity on the play and on the draw, too. Like, I told him on the draw to, to board them out. On the play, I think he didn't have anything better. I see. Yeah, so, like, I mean, this deck used to also run uh, Sinkhole, but they, re- they replaced it with him. Okay, do you know why? Yeah, because, like, Sinkhole was just, like, I guess just too much. Like, what had happened, like, from what I what I remember, and I was, like, just a little legacy pup when this was going on. But, uh, <laughs> the dog reference. The dog reference. Get that? So, yeah, I'm sharp, dude. So, uh, so yeah, I was just a, a little legacy pup, and uh, what happened was 
this deck came out, and I remember seeing it. I was like, this is weird, dude, because I played against it, and I was like, I was playing Threshold. So it was like, turn one, I'm like, Nibble Mongoose, he's like, Daze. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. And then, like, then he, like, bot sees me, and then, like, he just, like, sinkholed me after that, and then wastelanded me. And, like, I just had nothing on the board. I remember just losing to a Tombstalker with nothing on the board. And I was like, damn, this deck is brutal, you know? So, like, what ended up happening is they took, they had four sinkholes, and then they went four, they went two sinkholes, two hymns. And then I guess, like, when it reemerged, it was, like, four hymns. So I would imagine, because you don't really get a lot of value out of sinkhole after, you know, after X amount of time. So, like, if, you, if you're if you not dropping a sinkhole, like, on turn two or three, like, it just seems like it's not as good. But him is definitely, like, probably just more destructive, you know? Self-destructive force? Yeah. <laughs> Alex, any... Thoughts on uh, America in general? Well, it's I mean, awesome. Medina's actually, for once, is actually correct about <laughs> <laughs> most of the things he said. <laughs> John, do you have this built? What, Team America? Yeah. Sure. Is it you all do? foil? Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's okay. not all foil, but it's mostly foil. The Force of Wills aren't foil? No, the Force is not foil. My, my seeds are still whiteboarded, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> one one thing we know for sure is that the days are Japanese and foil. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, uh, continue. Sorry. I didn't really have. I mean, I think Medina covered it pretty well. I've actually never played that deck, but I I did see it when it was you know a little baby deck, and it was playing sinkholes. And I was like, oh cool, it's like a land destruction deck. <laughs> uh, I guess like him can also hit lands. It's like, it's probably just a better piece of disruption than Sinkhole in general. Plus, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody's like, oh yeah, this deck's sweet, I have all these cards already, and they're like, oh no, I don't have any Sinkholes. Damn it. Maybe I'll play him him. instead. (laughs) And then they won the tournament, and they're like, this is what you need to do. (laughs) Well, that's that's the way it is very often, because people always copy winning lists without, you know, thinking. I, I think against, I think against combo too, it's like, even ad nauseum combo, if you blow up one of their lands with a sinkhole, like, versus the damage you can do with a him, because they can win with one land, you know what I mean? When I was playing ad nauseum against, like, decks that had, like, heavy wastelands and stuff, I would just sandbag a C, and sometimes I'd have no permanence, and then, like, just come out of nowhere, drop my C, drop a Lotus Petal, you know, drop a Lion's Eye Diamond, and just combo, you know? Wow, that's a, that's a pretty impressive series of plays. And you yeah, came up with that all by yourself? <laughs> I, I actually wrote it down. Like, I was thinking about it all day at work, and I was, like, writing it down. And, like, I, I have all this stuff crossed off on the paper. Like, first I'm going to do this. No, 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 that doesn't make any sense. So, like, all day I came up with that, and I have it right here, and I was able to recite it pretty well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you're a well-trained dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frank? <laughs> Frankie? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> he was over there playing with his deck. Playing some time spiral over there. He <laughs> 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 muted his mic and started. I, I, sorry, guys. I, I put the I put the candlestick away now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Frank, uh, you're looking because uh, we, me and Frank built two decks, Merfolk and America, and I think Frank is uh, looking forward to trying out America at uh, this weekend's Legacy tournament. Yes, uh, that, that's what that's what I'll be trying basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, what about this other? I mean, did you guys are you all on this uh, Team America kick, or what did you guys think of the Bant list? You mean the AJ Soccer's list? Yeah. That he's, he's, this, this is like his third event in a row that he's done well with. He top 16 the previous two times or something. Yeah, he's, it's, it's kind of like in development, right? Cause it's a little bit different than a regular natural order deck, right? Yeah. Yeah, it looks really solid. But, uh. Well, you know, natural order has been like a big player in Legacy for quite a while now, so. Yeah, since uh, Genesis was printed, right? Yeah, yeah, basically that, that's what put it on the map. Yeah, I remember when that when that broke out. I was uh, I was posting on the source and talking to some guys in uh, in Europe about the deck. And before then, um, it was kind of like it was just weird, man. The, the natural order list that people were running was just like, or that people were like spitballing was just totally weird. I <laughs> it had like wall of roots, right? Yeah, right. wall of roots. Yeah, it had Wall of Roots, and it didn't have Dried Arbor. Because I remember I was telling some guy, I was like, why is this deck not running Dried Arbor? It just seems really good. And he's like, yeah, because you can't tap it when you play it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but if it's a creature, I don't know, then you can fetch it. So, uh, so yeah, I started that whole Dried Arbor trend, I think. We believe you. Yeah. I have the emails to prove it, bro. I got the emails. You want me to post them in the show notes? <laughs> <laughs> so how, is this like, uh, I think Dry, Dryad Arbor is like like with the the printing of Green Sun Zenith it's it's become like really good because like you now you can ram with Green Sun Zenith on on your first turn and that's uh, that's pretty sick. Yeah, I agree. I think Dryad Arbor now the, the list that uh, AJ was running we had two Dryad Arbors, which is. Probably because of the ramp and because of the natural order, which is sick. Yeah, like Green Sun Zenith is, is an early mana ramp spell, and then later it finds you a fatty or an answer to whatever you need. Like, uh, I was actually watching the coverage, and he found, against Merfolk, he found a Scrib Ranger, which would have been, which would pro- possibly have won him the game if uh, he hadn't gone double submerged. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because he could have killed him with the. After submerging once, right? He was all tapped out. He only had three dudes, and he was at one life, right? And then yeah. he sub- he submerges once, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'll submerge the other guy. Just like rub it in just a little bit." <laughs> no, actually, because uh, AJ could have untapped the creature because you can use Scrib Ranger on your turn and your opponent's turn, so he could have managed to survive if he didn't have double. Uh, Oh really? Double submerge, yeah. So he could he could have bounced another forest. I thought it was only when it comes into play. No, no, no. Oh. You you have to return a forest to your hand, but you can only do it once per turn. So you can do it on your turn and on your opponent's turn. Uh, For those listening, uh, Scrib Ranger's a one green, one one flying creature with flash, and uh, you can return a forest to your hand to untap target creature. Play this ability only once a turn. For those who are listening, as opposed to those who are watching or 
So what what is exactly for for me who didn't get a chance to watch the actual game? What was the the board state? What what allowed Script Ranger to allowed him to survive or to potentially win the game? Win. It allowed him to win because he has pro blue and he's playing as a merfolk. Oh. Okay, and the guy was at it was like Script Ranger beats. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> he could have like he could have blocked. See, he had he had a uh, two noble hearts. And then he oh, had, okay. and then he had a, a dryad arm. Okay, and then he had some lands, like maybe two or three lands, I think. And that's it, right? Okay. And then so what happened was um, he's getting he was getting stared down by three merfolk. So like he could have shipped the turn and then try to block with his dudes. Okay, but what he did instead is he tapped the. Um, the freaking uh, noble highlights in the lands to to zenith for scrib ranger. Okay. Then he got scrib ranger. He bounced his dryad arbor, which he tapped, replayed it, and untapped uh, a noble highlight. So then he still had three dudes, but one was pro blue. So like. Oh. Okay. Yeah. See what's going on. So he could have had like a, an infinite blocker, and I think did he have a sword? Like in his hand or something like that? No, he didn't run sword, did he? No. No, like, he he was still behind, but he, he gave himself a shot with that guy. Yeah, I thought he had a natural order or something. There was some kind of impending doom that he had going on, <laughs> but he couldn't pull it off that turn, so, yeah. So then what happened was uh, Alex Berenchini played a submerge on one of his dudes, and then another submerge. And you know what submerge does, right? Right, right. I, oh, I just saw it. <laughs> I just uh, yeah. looked it up. Yeah, it's uh, it's how much mana? Is it five? Five, five. Yeah. Five mana. That's, you should not be playing Submerge for its mana cost. Yeah. <laughs> and if you control an island and they control a forest, it's free, right? It's an instant. Okay. And the, the tech is the tech is to play it in response to a fetch land so that when you pop their dude, they shuffle their dude into their library. So like, ah. so like what what uh what Alex did during one of them, during the game one I think Alex wastelanded one of uh, AJ's fetch lands. Game two actually, but yeah. It was a game two, and then and then AJ said, "Well, I'm just going to fetch in response," and then Alex was like, "Submerge." So, submerge on uh, a on, legendary creature. Yeah, on Lanawan, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Lanawan just locks Merfolk out. So I mean. I don't know, like, once I see him, like, wastelanding the fetch, like, in my mind, I'm saying, oh, he wants to submerge Lanawan, like, so I don't know why AJ fetched, like... I think it's, a lot A lot of it was reflex, I think he didn't think enough, because when yeah. you think, at least if you give your opponent any respect at all, yeah. then you're going to realize that that's clearly the play that they're going for, and, and, and AJ didn't fetch. really need that many lands, he already had yeah. enough mana. Yeah, He's, he uh... These SCG tournaments, they're getting longer and longer, so by the end of the day, when you're in the top eight, like, there's a chance that uh, fatigue comes to play. I heard he was sick, too, though, AJ, right? Yeah. He was really, yeah. I heard he was really sick. Yeah. Well, um, my question for, like, coming from a complete newbie, guys, don't make fun of me. <laughs> no, no guarantees, no promises, KYT. Natural order, is it just mainly a combo deck? You're just trying to natural order to progenitus? Or is there, like, something more... 
like in the board state that you guys describe in the Merfolk matchup, it sounds more complicated than than what I seem to think of it when I look at the deck list. It seems like you're just order boom. And I've seen other decks like the Protein Hulk deck that gets played at our local store that merges, you know, natural order with another combo. And then previous versions of this deck had a show and tell combo with it, so. I'm well, a little confused at what it's trying to do, Frank. The thing, the thing with natural order is that it, like, it is kind of a combo, but it's very compact, you know, because like basically you have your four natural orders and you have your progenitus and that's it. Okay. So you can fit that like in a band shell, like this guy did. So like he's playing force of will, he's playing uh, brainstorm, he's playing uh, swords. He, he, like you have like a very like resilient kind of like beatdown deck. But, and then if you get your natural order, like, you kind of just went out of nowhere, you know? Okay, so that's why other people have been... Because it's so compact, you can fit it in with other combos. Okay. Or yeah, you, you can you can fit it, like, in like in a shell that's, uh, that's already kind of proven, you know? That's okay. what she said. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Alex, the, do you know any deck that like that uh, combines <laughs> this with uh, countertop, uh, or uh, is it like strictly? Uh, well, I don't know, Medina. You played the counterbalance uh, natural order deck, right? Yeah, I, I got it from uh, Drew Levin, and uh, it was. I mean, I think there, there was a variant before he wrote about it, and it was like same thing. You you ran counterbalance top. And then you run like a creature suite, which was like for me it was a Tarmogoyf, Rocks War Monk, and then obviously the the staple like uh, Noble Hierarch. And um, you just run that and like Force of Wheels, uh, Swords, and so you try to like protect the combo and like kind of slow the game down with uh, Counterbalance, and then you natural order. But you could also just win with War Monk. There was times where I was just like turn two War Monk, and then like followed up with a Pride Mage. And then just hit for five, like, four turns in a row, and, you know, they just lose. Like, you don't even need to natural order the counterbalance or whatever. I'd like to see that. Medina winning, let's say. (laughs) 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 Well, next time we play, I'll show you. <laughs> GP Providence, hopefully. I can't do you, that, actually. You kind of, like, you know, John, you kind of look a little bit like the War Monk. Yeah, you have all this gold surrounding you, man. (laughs) Do you cook pancakes in the morning? Yeah, and I just flip them all morning long. It intimidates people. It really does. Man, that that uh, that picture on the war monk is epic. (laughs) It's a rhinoceros with golden flying coin, man. It's it's gold, man. (laughs) <laughs> SKYT would say it's pure gold. <laughs> yeah, pure gold. Gold, John, and gold. I'm loving it. <laughs> John, so, if you were to try a natural order deck now, John, which one would you most likely pick up? Uh, probably this one. I, for one reason, really, um, it's basically because of Cold Ice Elky. He's got Cold Ice Elky in the sideboard, and I've yeah, always okay. wanted. to yeah, I've always wanted to play that card, so I would just put it main deck and play this deck. <laughs> <laughs> that card is so good against Merfolk, though. Like, if you think about it, because they have islands, and then uh, they're Lord there's of There's a lot Atlantis. of other decks that play islands, too. Yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of other decks that play Lord of Atlantis, smart guy. 
Noble Hyrax and Quasali Pride Mages that pump it up. You get to yeah, but they're Lord of the Last pumps it too, so it's like adding insult to injury. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, bringing to our last deck that uh, my Twitter followers have been bugging me about, which is uh, the Affinity list that I've been playing, and surprisingly, you know, I've been wondering why Affinity hasn't been showing up at all since I started following Star City Games uh, events, but in the last two of them, it, it's been able to make top eight with very similar versions, uh, splashing red for four copies of Galvanic Blast, and, and the rest is pretty similar. you got your Signal Pest, Memnite, Ornithopters, Ravager, and your usual Disciple combo. And But the version I've been running was uh, created by Alex, and Alex takes the deck in a different, slightly different direction, I would say. Uh, plays four Tazrits, and I'll let Alex uh, talk about his baby. So go ahead, Alex. Well, basically, I was at Mana Deprived Headquarters, and KYT, you know, has all these Tazrits. Like, he's a whole backpack full. <laughs> and, like, we were, you know, I, he asked me to store them somewhere, and I just couldn't find a spot. So I just, like, grabbed some out of it, and I'm like, let's just try these in Affinity. And, <laughs> and, you know, like, it was, it was surprisingly really good, you know? Like, apparently making creatures into five fives, like you random mana lands, you know, or, or just going plus one to tutor for pretty much any card in your top five, and then next turn to kill them with it, its ultimate, it's, it's pretty good. Um, our, the version we're playing plays, goes pretty, well, it has to, in my opinion, plays four Mox Opals and four Springleaf Drums to obviously get the mana. I think that's the questions that people on Twitter have been asking about how do you actually cast this guy well, that's what we have to play, and I've never regretted or felt bad about having four Moxopo. It's just too good when you have it that I think it's worth it. Right, Alex? Right. And, like, with those mana artifacts, turn two Tezzeret is a fairly realistic possibility. I've, I've had turn two Tezzeret a bunch when playing the deck, and it's wow. just so, so dumb because that means you, like, kill them turn three, which yeah, is actually, like... Pardon? Or they daze it. Yeah, or they daze it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't really have a bad matchup against the decks running daze anyways. Like, yeah. you kind of crush all those decks. I'm just playing, like, the Alex of the, of the conversation here. <laughs> all right, so, okay. You don't, you don't sound very smart, so you're doing a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be posting... Man, this. there's a lot of tension tonight. There, there is. I don't know how, how long before one of these uh, guys quit, <laughs> but uh, hopefully you guys comment with more Medina so he, he feels like he can handle it. <laughs> I, I think I'd I I kill him before I quit, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to find me first. I'm a ghost, I'm a spectre. You guys, you guys have to release You are a ghost, some... man. You're a dead man walking, that's right. You're a ghost. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't want me haunting you, though, Medina. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, because you would just, like, comment on all my plays, like, constantly. <laughs> yeah, but then again, because of that, you'd stop making such self-destructive plays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, man. Okay, we'll be posting the affinity list. Uh, at some point this week, either right with this caster or a day later. Just want to talk to Alex about the differences, so because obviously people are going to talk about it. Alex elects to not go with Disciple of the Vaults. Elects and Galvanic Blast. I remember asking Drew Leving, who when I showed him these lists, he thought that was one of the more okayish cards. And then there's Signal Pass. So 
outs briefly, if you could. And obviously our Ink Moth Nexus uh, over Blink Moth. So there's quite a few things. <laughs> right, well, I mean, mo- more of these lists, like the lists that have been doing well at Star City tournaments, they're trying to do, like, a lot of damage with a bunch of little guys, each doing, you know, a certain amount of damage. Whereas the affinity list that KYT and I have, uh, it, it basically tries to do, like, huge chunks of damage and kill you, you know, one hit often. Like, you often ultimate a Tezzeret to kill them, or you kill them with an Ink Moth Nexus, you know, with a plating, which is, you only need to do 10. Or with the Ravager counters, you still only need 10 instead of 20. And so, like, cards like Signal Pest aren't really that good, because just giving plus one to, like, all your creatures is not that relevant when you're planning to, like, when you attack, you attack for 10 with, like, one guy. So it doesn't really matter if that guy's attacking for 10 or 11. So it's just our, our so yeah, us, our list is just one big swing. But what do you think about having or not having access to Galvanic Blast in our list? Well, I mean, I don't think there's really anything you really want to kill at the moment in Affinity. Like, you'd rather just do your own thing. And, you know, because every other deck is, like, other than super fast combo decks, are just not doing anything as powerful as you are. Like, you know, I had a game against someone where, uh, you know, they they had a Jace, and I got a Tezzeret, and they died. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about having access to Standsteel in this deck? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about that? Oh, ooh, ooh, man. That man. sounds really powerful. <laughs> wouldn't you want to draw three cards? Like, yeah, yeah, deck? I would, I would. I yeah. wouldn't want to draw well, three cards. So then that proves I've actually point. upgraded the standstills to Thought Casts, which draw you the cards right away and only for one blue mana. Yeah, but it's two cards only. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You it's know, only two you, cards, Alex. Yeah, there's only two. You might want to think about upgrading that standstill. You know, you know <laughs> what? Like it, it, it actually sounds good because you know most of the time with Affinity on the first turn you dump your entire hand, and then if you play standstill after that, like you're gonna refill your hand, and it's it's gonna give you a lot of gas. See, actually. But, this affinity deck is different from that. Like, you actually have a lot of, like, mid to late game gas because of having, like, four Tezzerets, for instance. Like, a Tezzeret gives you, is a, is basically a <laughs> personal howling mind plus, like, it <laughs> just kills you, kills them right away. What he really means is since they have four Tezzerets and they're not actually able to play them, your hand stays pretty full. <laughs> <laughs> no, Frankie had a funny tweet. Uh, he said, like, nor- like the other affinity lists out, out there, you can't say, I still got all these, because you, you spit them all out on turn one. <laughs> I love that tweet, Frank. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was, you shit your hand on turn one. <laughs> <laughs> Where goes the PG rating? <laughs> yeah, man. I so, blew so- it again. <laughs> I'll call <laughs> Frank actually had an interesting question to me. Like, what about like the the stock affinity decks that are, that are out right now? Why wouldn't you play standstill? <laughs> I know how why we wouldn't play it in our version, but it's just no room, basically. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. it's a lot. Standstill's a lot better when you have like a force of will, so that when you guys are both staring back at each other and they finally pop, that you can actually do something about the, like the crazy spell that they're playing. Okay. Unless it's like a thought seize, because you know if it's a thought seize, you don't really care. Like if that's all they were casting, if they <laughs> gladly play standstills. Yeah, but the thing is, sometimes they cast stuff like ad nauseum or natural order or whatever, and you're just like, oh, I just drew three frog bites. 
You know? Because <laughs> all you're drawing is dudes, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> um, but I think the, okay, the last question for me was, you don't feel that if, that disciple of the vault, like, I've seen it in or out, and you know, when I won the Invitational Tournament, it was one of my best cards, so I always feel that it's like my baby, but uh, you have to convince me that it's not necessary. <laughs> well, I mean, Disciple's good with Ravager, and it's not that good without Ravager, right? Right. Would you agree with that? I would agree with I, that. I would not agree with that. No? Okay. Good. Thank you, Medina. Just letting you know. All right. Thank you. Your your input is greatly appreciated. So his ability is is when an artifact goes to the yard via Ravager's ability? Or is it just when an artifact goes to the yard and you ping your opponent, right? (laughs) Isn't that called reach? Isn't that what that's called? I don't know much about this magic. I just trade these cards. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel that way. Yeah, it gives you a lot of reach, as John said. Well, I mean, there's only a certain number of non-artifact spells you can really play in the Affinity deck. Okay. And plus requiring, there's also only so many colored spells you can play. And, like, I think Tezzeret is just more powerful than Disciple generally. So you I definitely want, you want that four drop uh, that takes two colors. Yeah. Instead of that one drop that takes one color. Okay. Right. Okay, good. Thanks, Frank. So, so I, I think I think one of the problem with disciple is that like he dies to everything else that your deck dies to. You know, like uh, if they play uh, like mass removal, uh, like a, a little sweeper, and it's. But, but don't you ping them if they play a sweeper? Right, but other yeah. than like disciple, you don't actually have that much. Like ways to actually deal them damage directly, right? Besides, if you're playing Galvanic Blast, or guys, right, with cranial planes. But your guys have just been all swept. Yeah, but this is after you've already hit them. How many times? Probably like, not that much, or else they just already be dead, right? Well, that's the point. Is like once you have a disciple on the board, they think twice about like wiping because they could be dead to a wipe. They right. could be dead to a block, or like a, you know, just because, like, it's going to deal that, and then, like, a Ravager hits the board, and they're just dead. <laughs> so what deck is this mystical opponent playing? Like, they're playing, like, sweepers with nothing well, else in I'm my not, deck. I'm not going to play fantasy magic with you, where, like... <laughs> Don't you, fall in that trap again, John. Yeah, no, no, I've, I've already, I've, I've gone wise to it, okay? I'm not going to play the, the your... Imaginary spell trumps my imaginary game. Man, mental magic is so fun. <laughs> but I can see Alex in, in their version, like Disciples, really strong. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, it's it's a different, completely different way to take the deck. Okay. Like their version's a lot more aggressive rather than sort of combo mid range. But like me, me, I know. Like I was playing uh, Signal Past and uh, Disciple, and like sometime uh, I got uh, I got uh, blown out by explosives, you know. So that was kind of happening to me. And uh, also, um, the other spell they were playing was uh, Fire Spout, which uh, which killed a lot of guys. But like, there's situations like. 
uh, you don't like sometimes you have the disciple and it like if if they sweep early it's gonna it's gonna slow you down a lot and they're only gonna take a few damage you know and they're gonna kill all these ornithopters that like didn't really get anywhere yet you know yeah but that's what you get from playing an aggro deck I mean it sounds to me if they counter the Tezzeret then you're really screwed in this new version. Uh, well, like, you'd still have Plating, Ravagers, and the deck plays Master of Ethereum. Yeah, but you have, you have those dudes, but they're later dudes. You're playing, like, a mid-range, like, Affinity. The thing about Affinity that's crazy is that, like, it doesn't give you a lot of time to react. But with that stuff, it's like, oh, all their swords are live. Like, you know, they're going to be able to draw cards. They're going to be able to, you know, <laughs> all this stuff, you know. They're going to be able to play a Jace, like, you know. Well, I, I, while I value your opinion very highly, <laughs> I, I would advise you to try playing the deck before easily dismissing it. Can I easily dismiss it? I'm just giving you a little. I'm giving you a little something to talk about. <laughs> Convince me. Don't just say play the deck. Play the deck. It's like, well, why is my point invalid? That if you counter your Tezzeret, you're not going to. Your, your chances are you're not going to get there. Because you still have lots of other threats. I mean, you know, in, you're like saying like in the other deck, oh, the counter your Ravager, and you've got a freaking Disciple who of a one, Vault who's a 1-1, one, one, two Signal Pests that are 0-1s, and an Ornithopter. Like, you know? You're, you're, so you get to, your, your clock is like attacking for four? You have like lots of dudes. And if you have cranial plating, you, you win. Because <laughs> they can't block you. Well, so, but in... How is how are you getting like le- less cards in in my deck? Like you'd still have the cranial plating because you don't have dudes to hold the plating. Yeah, you do. You, you have, just you don't have, have the Ethereum. You said you said you don't you said you don't run signal test. Right. Right. So then you don't run ornithopter, right? No, we do run ornithopter. Okay, we'll just put out the list at some point, and then we can uh, rediscuss. Yeah, this why don't we that. discuss this next episode? If I'm right, sure. right. Sure. If, if I get the more Medina vote, we'll discuss the next episode. <laughs> more Medina. So, so hopefully we won't, will not be discussing this next episode. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> because this deck's out terrible. <laughs> no, but, uh, Frank, like, last... if I, if I may, like, I think the point that, uh, Alex is trying to make is that, like, Disciple is, uh, is, is more fragile than, uh, than, uh, Tezzeret. Yep. And, uh, the thing is, like, Disciple is really insane in combination with Ravager, you know, but, like, if you don't have the Ravager, like, it's, it's kind of like, it's more, it's more variable what you're gonna get out of your Disciple, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that's why, and, that's why, and, like, the situation, and, and I think, I think that, I think, right? I think the situation where, like, they're, uh, like they're they're gonna be dead like if uh, to a disciple if they wipe the board like that's that's the situation like it's like win more or lose more you know like no because if they if they wipe the board and you don't have a disciple and they're not dead then it's gonna be hard for you to recover it's hard to recover from a board wipe with affinity so having disciple gives you the reach so that when they board wipe. They could they could potentially die from it. So like if they go to stabilize, they're not really stabilizing; they're just dying. 
What Whereas if the disciple brings them to one life after that board wipe? Then you galvanic blast. Yeah, I think that's why the version plays galvanic right. blast. What, however, basically, you, John, you know in Extended, right? There's basically kind of two versions of fairies. There's like the, let's say, the LSV version and the PV version. The PV version plays like four Scion of Una and like minimizes removal and Jace. Yeah, yeah, and the LSD plays, like, yeah, the LSD plays the... And more removal and more... Right? Yeah. yeah. So basically, the PV version is maxing out on synergy, and the LSV version is maxing out on power, right? Like, it's playing yeah. cards that by themselves are more powerful, whereas the PV version plays cards that together are more powerful, but individually are much weaker. And it's a lot like that between the Affinity version that KYT and I have and the other versions that are going around. We're not saying it's better, right? No. I, I don't know. You're, yeah, okay. We're saying it's different. That it's like, okay. it Basically, it goes for cards that are individually more powerful. Like, you have one Tezzeret, it can win the game by itself. You have one Master of Ethereum, it can win the game by itself. Whereas, you know, one Disciple of the Vault really isn't going to get there. Neither is one Galvanic Blast. But you combine that with Ravager, Signal Pest, and so on, and you have, oh, it's a lot better and, and faster, right? but they throw a couple of swords to plowshares in there, and it's a lot harder for you to get there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's but the same can be said about this other version, is what I'm... Right. Because, like, if they, sword your, if they sword your master, then you're not going to get there, right? Well, the thing is, they have to sort every one of your threats, really, because each one by itself could win, win you the game. Yeah, but the same thing... I, I'm not going to argue, I'm not going to belabor the point. Cause like right, I, but anyways, I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that one is strictly better than the other. I'm saying that they're both very different and like an extended, you know, people people play both versions. I'll buy that. <laughs> John, you got to get out of uh, fantasy magic. That's what you... <laughs> once he starts talking yeah. about swords and actual cards that he uses... He's, then... <laughs> to, he's like the fairy of fantasy magic. He's like trying to bring me into this fantasy world where he could just whip out all these... He's got all these. That's not the fantasy world. That's the real world, John. (laughs) He's got... Okay. I'm glad that we have, like, before this month, I had zero knowledge of Legacy, and now I feel like we've we've discussed, and and as long as you two don't kill each other, we've got something going on. No, no, I admire a professional assassin. (laughs) You better, and he better kill me, too, because if he misses... I'm coming after you, man. You wouldn't even know it was me, though. You'd think it was an accident. Oh, that guy almost hit me on the road. No. If anybody almost kills me, I'm coming after you. Oh, man. <laughs> if you if you fail at killing Medina, he's go he's gonna go machete on me. <laughs> if you kill me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> no, I don't oh. kill you. You're too much. You bring me too much entertainment. <laughs> and everybody else, more Medina. Remember that, guys. <laughs> so, hey, guys, I, you, you want to keep Medina around? So, like, otherwise, I won't have anybody to make fun of. Besides, <laughs> like KYT and Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> See, Alex, Alex is also pro Medina. So, I was talking about how you know we're we're getting all four of us are getting more. Well, maybe not Alex, since since he I consider him the expert, so-called expert. That make one of us. <laughs> it would. It would make only one. <laughs> uh, so we've been gaining more and more knowledge and giving our, like, our listeners, some of our listeners say that they love the cast because it, they feel like they're learning along with us. And it feels, and John, I believe, used this specific term that there's a legacy revolution <laughs> going on. And John, 
I'd like you to take it away because it's your term. <laughs> <laughs> the revolution. <laughs> um, well, I mean, let me let me use this as, a, as an example. Uh, Tuesday night is uh, standard at my local tournament, so I went there to drop off some cards for a kid and play some standard. Um, so the kid wanted to build like extended jund, which is weird because jund is rotating, but you know. I'm not going to argue with him, so I just give him... It's also pressure. really bad. Friends don't let friends play Jund. <laughs> hey, did you... Oh, no. I'm not going to talk about standard. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I yes, I did it. read Chapin's article. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyways. Uh, Chapin's the bomb. Okay, a little Chapin plug there. Yeah, so, he's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, I get there. I start playing some standard. And then there was another guy who said, Hey, I might want to trade you... Uh, I have some, like, I have a Cunning Wish and some other stuff because I was going to build that that Time Spiral deck, but I found out that uh, Candelabras were, like, a million dollars, so I'm not going to be able to build a deck, so I can trade you some of the stuff that I was going to put in the deck if you could trade me, like, Stifles and stuff, you know? So I said, okay. So I said, well, maybe I'll be there, maybe I won't. So anyways, he shows up, and I start trading him for his deck. He's building, like, a show-and-tell deck with Stifle and some other stuff. He's, like, a brewer. He likes to build his own stuff. Okay. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, other guys start coming up, and they're like, hey, man, I've been thinking about getting a Legacy 2. So, like, by the end of the night, all of my Merfolk, all of my Goblins, and, like, any kind of, like, staple, pretty much, except for my Dual Lands, because I held on to them, any staple I had was all traded away. There was, like, five people in the store building Legacy. <laughs> like, like, two of them were building Goblins, one of them was building Merfolk, and... Uh, that other guy's brewing whatever he's brewing with, like, stifles and, uh, show and tell. And another guy's building the natural or bant deck from, uh, the AJ's, AJ's list. So it's just crazy, like, and I've, I've been getting, uh, I've been getting emails, like, nonstop, ever since, uh, Star City released this, uh, this new price, price tag, uh, price, uh, buy list. We'll talk about that in a second. But ever since then, man, and I posted on Twitter, I'm like, you guys better watch out, cause this legacy's coming. And uh, these prices are going to start shooting up. So ever since then, I've been getting, like, people who are just wanting to dump their standards collection completely to buy into Legacy. Frank? <laughs> How do you feel about this revolution? I think, I think uh, you know what? Like, uh, Legacy is the... Uh, it's kind of the best format, you know? Like, you're playing with the best cards ever <laughs> made. <laughs> Except for the extremely broken, which uh, they're a little bit uh, out there, you know. <laughs> so okay. I'm not I'm not surprised to see it pick up, and uh, like a lot of people are going to these uh, SCG events, and uh, there's another day of play on Sunday, and they want to get in, you know. And they see the they see these exciting decks like the high tide deck and. Uh, they also see the very familiar faces, you know, like you see a lot of uh, pride mages, noble hierarchs, and like these cards are fun to play with. So I, I'm I'm not surprised that uh, everybody's moving in right now. <laughs> Have you noticed a difference, Frank, like in, in like legacy interest? Well, he, like myself, I've been uh, like at, at our local stores. Like there's a, there's a lot of people showing up for these things, you know and. Like, it's been, in Montreal, it's been striving for a little while, you know, like, uh, there's, uh, there's a, f a few, uh, few guys that, uh, 
like they're kind of like strictly uh, legacy, but yeah. they're not. They're not. They're they're not the chumps that uh, we talked about previously. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> they actually know their shit, you know, and uh, they they're brewing and like they're they're making their own decks and they're they're trying to break these uh, these local tournaments, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're players that you don't see playing that I haven't seen anywhere else, but on Tuesday night legacy or when we have when we had that invitational tournament that I won where it was like split standard plug, plug, split plug, leg- plug. <laughs> split standard split legacy so when I'm playing legacy with these guys I'm like who are these guys like really <laughs> but like there's been another inflow of like guys that you only used to see play standard and now they're getting into it also I think it's just me and you Frank <laughs> but Alex have no, you but been the, to the the card of magic guys oh, okay okay there, like they're, they're they're getting into it, you know. Alex, did you used to go to Tuesday often? Did, did you think that yesterday was the norm, or did we have more people than than did face to face games rather have have more people than before? Well, it varies. I mean, sometimes okay. there's more, sometimes there's less. Like uh, I haven't been for a while. Last time I went, there definitely were less people on Tuesday. Um, but I mean, it's uh, it's hard to say really. Legacy's been relatively big, I think, in Montreal for a while. But, uh, you know, some people are, are a little slow on the uptake, like KYT and Frankie. So. <laughs> okay, I, I wanted to talk about the story I mentioned earlier. It was, it was funny to me, because I feel like some Legacy players feel the need to be, to show off how baller they are as, as Frank in his Facebook pictures. And while me and Alex were playing around, this guy next to us, you know, we're... And there was this other conversation near the room talking about how expensive candlesticks were. And right to my right was a guy playing high tide with candlesticks. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, after he, I believe he won the match. He um, pulled out he, a vintage deck. <laughs> he pulled out a vintage deck. And like me and Alex, were, we might have been talking about standstill. But Alex like said something, a card is just like ancestral recall. And the guy's like, Ancestral Recall, I just played this card. Like, while he's playing. We're like, what? Like, he's trying to show, he's trying to tell us that he has that card. Like, I don't know, Alex, if you noticed that, but like. Oh, yeah, I definitely did. That's exactly what he said. Ancestral Recall, I just played that. (laughs) See, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about with the pride in the collection. Right. You know what I mean? He's worked hard to build that collection, and it's like, he takes pride in having it, he has a lot of investment in the, in those formats, the eternal formats, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like he has candlesticks, he he has power, uh, power nine, and um, I was in awe, I guess. Well, but, it actually uh, reminds me of my like only vintage tournament that I played in. It was uh, actually old GP Philly. It was a side event, and uh, it was really fun. I'd never played vintage before, so I borrowed uh, some cards from my friends Matt Schmaltz and Pascal Maynard. And, uh, you know, Pascal's like, play Flash, it's the nuts. I'm like, okay, seems pretty nuts, Win- winning turn one. But isn't that what, like, vintage is? So, like, you know, no, I, 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 the, I know, it is not, actually. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> at, the, at that time, though, Flash won uh, turn one quite a bit. But that card is now restricted. Anyways, <laughs> so I grabbed a bunch of planes and a Sharpie and uh, went around creating some Power 9. <laughs> there were some, uh, you know, proxies were allowed for this tournament as... There are for many vintage tournaments. And so I continued, like, round after round to beat, like, these people who, like, Black Border Duel, Black Border Black Lotus, you know, Ancestral Recall Me, Force of Will Your Spell, you know, 
play play a foil uh, a polluted delta fetch, and and they're always you know I'd I'd be like play a planes and they're like what's that and they you know read the card it's like oh it's a black lotus okay <laughs> and then like sacrifice my planes you know <laughs> play another planes they're like what's that so on Caesar recall okay I'm like flash protean hulk he died <laughs> like oh <laughs> the funniest though was was when I played against one guy and uh, and he had like he had you know all all black border duels black border power everything. And but he had a he he used his proxy slots on different cards. He like proxied Fairy Macabre. <laughs> like, like you know, Fairy Macabre is common. You know. <laughs> oh, man, you're like, what's that? It's it's a Fairy Macabre. <laughs> there was a, there was a guy. Um, there's some of these ballers that I trained with, dude. They have like everything, and uh, there was he was wow. playing. He was playing a, a standard match, and uh, he plays a Grave Titan, and he, they can't find tokens, so he rips out a Beta Lotus and a Beta <laughs> Sapphire and throws them on the table. Wow. He's like, okay, these are my Grave Titan tokens. And then, like, when he swings it, he goes back in his box and gets out the recall. And the <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Beta, like, throws them on the table. He's like, all right, these are my other tokens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what a douche! <laughs> wow, there's people more baller than Medina. Oh or man, Medina? Oh, man. Dude, KYT, you're one of them, right? Like KYT played a, um, a mirror battle sphere, and he didn't have any tokens, so he just took out four hundred dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if you kill John, him, you get the hundred dollars. <laughs> John, you should be using uh, Rise of Eldrazi booster packs as your uh, as your tokens. <laughs> oh man I think I'm gonna For my tokens I'm just gonna cut Jace's in half <laughs> and I'll just like With a marker Like right on him Like Oh bad A token of his You know No <laughs> <laughs> Um Oh you so could there... feed Like five children In Africa For the cost Of that Jace <laughs> <laughs> Okay just bring, just bring it right down to like real life. <laughs> what, what can what, do you complain when I bring it to fantasy land? You complain when I bring it to real life? There's no pleasing you. <laughs> Think about what we could do with all this money that we're spending on freaking cardboard, dude. Like yeah. all the good we could do. When you think about it, it's just depressing. Like you should probably just not think about that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or think about it and do something about it. Like you know, sell your collection and send it to. Yeah, needy people. Well, I have sold my collection. Did you send it to needy people? Yes. And who who were they? You and, and your family? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I didn't I didn't mean that as, as a thing. I just meant that as like you gave the money to yourself. But it wasn't well, that, pretty. That, it in, that, in that degree, you are correct. Yeah, you're dead on. <laughs> That's I, funny. I, I I sold a lot of tarmogoyfs in exchange for food. Yep. You were the needy person. I once actually directly exchanged a magic booster pack for a hamburger. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I traded I traded Kelly Reed a half eaten sandwich for a sticker, a quiet speculation sticker. <laughs> I'm really not sure who got the better end of the deal. Because <laughs> he was like uh he was like, Hey John, uh do you want one of my stickers? And I'm like, uh not really and he's like you need to trade me a magic card, any card that you want for this sticker. And I'm like, I'm not giving you a card for that sticker, Kelly. And then he's like, 
okay, you need to trade me something for this sticker. And I was eating the sandwich, and I, I had just finished eating it, and it was like, you know, that little bit that, like, lasts, like, I don't know, two bites left or whatever. And I'm like, I will give you this rest of the sandwich for that sticker. <laughs> <laughs> and he took it. <laughs> oh, man. I, I wouldn't give uh, a half-eaten sandwich to Alex if I, if I were you, because uh, he might clone you or something. <laughs> well, it sounds like Alex needs the half-eaten sandwich. You know what oh. I mean? He's, he's selling his Tarmogoyfs and, like, you know, the reason why he's, like, running this other affinity list is because he can't afford Disciples, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Fort Desert is definitely more budget than Four Disciples. Of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of these prices, we then moves on along to uh, the clock Nazis. Final topic of this episode is uh, the buy list, uh, the big putting it big and large on uh, Star City Games homepage is uh, Candelabra of Thanos at one hundred and fifty dollars. So yeah, they're buying it for one fifty. Yeah, sounds like sounds like uh, you did well for yourself. At least at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, most of my candelabras are already already shipped. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not holding on to those. I mean, I'm holding on to four so I can play with them. But you know, I'm not gonna keep them under my pillow and sleep on them. I want to move them so I can make some money. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the um, their buy list is pretty, pretty, pretty good, man. Like, yeah, like I mean. Look at these prices. They're buying ether vials at ten dollars. They're giving you ten dollars cash, or uh, twelve fifty in trade for an ether vial. And like when I was selling, I used to sell cards on uh, MOTL. So like when I would get an ether vial, to me that would be a ten dollar bill because I could sell them on MOTL for ten bucks. So okay. like when when I see like. When I see Star City buying at the price that I could actually just sell it for, like on eBay or MOTL, like why would I even sell it on there? Or why would I sell it for ten? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so this is like this is where this is where it's gonna cause a, not an issue, but it's gonna cause a change in the pricing because if people can sell Star City a candelabra for one fifty, then you're not gonna get a candelabra for less than one fifty. Right. So, so what Star City is doing, and, and I'm going to write about this for my Monday article, and I don't, I'm not saying they're doing this intentionally. I, I think they're just they're selling out of legacy cards because of the popularity. If you check a lot of these cards, they're just sold out. They're stone sold out. So like, oh, there's okay, yeah, yeah. So so since they're sold out, they're like, look, the people can't get enough of these. We're going to start buying these aggressively, and but but in doing that, what's happening is. They're, they're setting the market price not by their sale price. A lot of people say, oh, Star City, they put it at X dollars and that's how much it is. No, they're setting the market price by their buy prices because then there's a bottom, and the bottom is high. Yeah, some of these prices I've – I feel like just a few months ago I could actually buy them from an online dealer from. <laughs> sure, sure, Definitely. So I mean, twelve fifty for a G, like that's that's a good that's a good buy price. Like I would sell all my Gs for twelve fifty, like because I would only ever expect to get that much out of them, fifteen tops cash. I mean, you could trade them at twenty at the trade table, but like, why would you do that when you can just get 
this money, this cash money for him. Vindicates at 15. I only trade those at 18. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but they're giving me $15 cash. Like, why would I trade it for $18 in, in trade, which I'm going to have to resell? Like, I would just sell the, the Vindicate, you know? So you're saying basically, Medina, that uh, the Star City buy list is kind of kicking you out of a job? No, no, like no. People aren't going to trade anymore, so they're going to like. They're soon going to be like, "Oh, who needs Medina's column? People just sell us cards instead." <laughs> the, the Star Street buy price is actually giving me a lot to do. I just told you about all the emails I got. These are people who are saying, "Okay, these prices. If this is what Star City's buying them for, these prices are going to go up high, way higher than this." So they're they're like, "I want to get out of the standard right now, and put all these cards that are falling in value anyways." In the cards that are going to be rising in value. That's exactly like, I think I said something along the lines of why I bought forces and stuff. So, hopefully, am I stupid to be influenced by all this? <laughs> no, because like this is really happening. I mean, how much is a force on ChannelFireball.com? Don't look it up. Uh, with, without looking it up, I don't without, know. Just guess. Like, it's got to be like fifty. 55? 50? No. Channel Fireball is buying forces at 50. Wow, there's 60? No. Uh, They're they're buying him at 40, if you look at the front page now. Oh, they they went back to 40? Because they're buying him at 50. Wow. Star City's buying him at 40. Channel Fireball is buying him at 50, and Channel Fireball has them in stock. You know how much they are? 75? (laughs) $70. (laughs) Okay, but do you think this is just like a big wave that's going to last, or do you think this is just something that just okay. got triggered? Explain, I, I guess. Explain I don't to know me in what world this wave happens and then all these prices drop. How does that happen? So we're supposed to go into your fantasy land. No, no, I'm just saying, like, like, like. Oh man, this is scary. (laughs) I'm scared, man. I'm scared, guys. (laughs) No, because KYT he has this worry that maybe this might not be real for pricing. So, like, explain to me, like, how does this worry get constructed in your mind? Like, what do you see happening that makes these prices to drop? Like me, me personally, I think the only threat to legacy would be if uh, Wizards uh, torpedoes the format, you know? That's yeah, like if they make, the if they make overextended or something like that? Yeah, yeah, the overextended uh, format that's been talked about. And, like, if that becomes, like, kind of, like... Because, like, right now there's the legacy GPs, but, like, if they would make a new format that would supersede legacy, then, like, that could be... Uh, Okay, so how would this new format supersede Legacy? Well, uh, if uh, if that's if that would if that's what they're pushing for, but like, what, it might you know like it might it might just happen. Well, let's look at it this way: What other format do they push? What other format is part of the Pro Tour that's not standard? Extended. <laughs> Extended. Is that overcoming Legacy? Nope. Is that even popular at all? Nope. So, like, how is this overextended going to be different than extended? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> and the, the reason why is because, like I said, these people have this investment in legacy. 
And on top of that, Star City Games is giving them a reason to play their cards every weekend. So, like, how is that, like, in my mind, the only way that Legacy is going to die is if Star City Games stops holding Legacy tournaments. Yeah, I think, I think like, the the coming of SCG, like, on the Legacy scene, like, m- like yeah, if there's a new format, now there's going to be, like, there's going to be competition there, you know? Yeah, but I don't think SCG anyway. would... Why would SCG support a new format over Legacy? Right, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the I think uh, SCG made their choice. That that seems uh, pretty yeah. obvious. And I think they might. And I'm not I'm not saying this like as a SCG writer, you know, because I don't I don't really know what they're doing because they, <laughs> they they don't tell me. I didn't know a buy list was going to come out like this. <laughs> You heard it here first. John doesn't know what the heck they're doing. <laughs> no, no, I think I, mean, I, I thought I, I thought, man, you get you got invited like at the secret SCG headquarters. Yeah, yeah, they're like, look, John, we're gonna raise the prices. Yeah, I thought you were the vault, John. You're no, the vault. Yeah. Is, is that only uh, Stephen Menendian that gets invited to these type of meetings? He doesn't even write for Stars anymore. <laughs> they're, they're like. We should probably invite Medina, and then uh, Pete's like, "No, nah, man, he's a knowledge us fool, and all he takes cards." <laughs> I heard it from KYT. <laughs> KYT's like, "Yeah, we're not gonna invite him." KYT's on the board over there, or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, so no, 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 the reason why I'm like walking through these like weird like questions is because everyone has the same thoughts, but they don't take the time to think it all the way through. They just think, "Well, what happens if legacy prices go down?" Well, how's that going to happen? Like, what, in what world does that happen? When a, when a format is getting popular and their attendance is growing at all these events, people are watching it on Sunday at their houses, getting excited about decks, um, you know, this, these prices, these, uh, these vendors are buying cards at high prices, like, uh, you know, everyone's legacy collection is appreciating their value, and then all of a sudden, some force or something is going to happen that takes all these prices and lowers them. It might. It might take uh, a tsunami combined <laughs> with nuclear meltdowns, man. And then at that point, I hope that none of us really care about our magic collection. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's going to be a little obsolete. These type of concerns. <laughs> I think you're right, John. For it would have to basically hinge on maybe the success, the continued success of the Legacy Open, or, or the fact that they will either stop, might stop these, because they're running out of stock because, and, and their buy list is so high because they're probably not, they don't have enough to sell at the tournaments, right, I'm guessing, and and if... Yeah, I'm, not, some, trying to, I'm not trying to start like a mass panic, like, right, oh right. my gosh, Star City Games is running out of cards! Like, uh, you know, they're, they're gonna get the cards. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not only are they gonna release from the vault dual lands, but Star City Games is running out of cards. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna be so happy if that ever comes out and it's called that. <laughs> Why don't you just wait for that and I'll get all dual lands now, and then you know we'll just see what happens. Like you can buy in on dual lands when they're like 200 piece, and you know. So uh, so yeah, so like. 
I think that uh, there's some the threats that you the real threats that you really have to look out for is this pricing out of the game stuff is not true. First of all, there people are paying a hundred dollars for Jaces. Okay, they're paying forty dollars to play in a in a in a freaking standard Grand Prix. They're you know they're they're flying in planes and renting hotel rooms and eating at Fogo de Chao. Okay, they're doing all this stuff. They're not going to get priced out of Magic. Okay, that's not going to happen. Um, but the real threat is like, is within legacy format, certain things might get banned, and that has a, a negative effect on card values. Um, and also, um, you know, if Star City Games chooses not to do this legacy open thing anymore, you know what I mean? Which, which is like, there's no signs of that stopping with these kind of buy prices they're putting out. So, uh, like one, one, one thing, like, I was just talking to the store owner uh, at the local legacy shop, and what Star City Game is doing now is that they're inviting other vendors to their Star City, Star City events, you know? Because they need, like, as you said, like, the stocks are low, so, like, they need, the, they need suppliers. <laughs> oh, they, they're inviting them? Yes! Where, where did this happen? I like. I think I. I think the store owner uh, here is gonna go in Boston, but like they've they've basically given him like an open invitation. If you want to, like I think he could go to like all the last six events of the year or something. That's that's what I remember to- him telling me. You know. So Star City has invited them to come and sell at the opens. Yes. Wow, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that, and I don't know if that's official or anything. So. I'm not gonna, you know what I mean. But if that is true, like, like I think it's it's pretty crazy. You know, I think this stuff is just gonna keep growing. It's awesome. Um, I'm happy. Well, I, you know. Well, if you like, if you think about it, you know, like if there's a lot of people coming and they're looking for cards and Star City doesn't have them, like that 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 kind of puts a damper on the whole thing. So, you know, so like, I guess like they're making. They're making a lot themselves already. There's like they're they're getting still getting paid for the tournament entries and all all that stuff. So like they'd rather have like someone supply the cards, help them supply, and uh, yeah, like, they, they, share, share a little bit of their success. You know? Yeah, they definitely got the board on lock right now. I mean, like it's like when you have a Jace Bellroom and you let the other player draw too. <laughs> but it's like, dude, like I got this under control. You could have a card. But, you know, that <laughs> that, that is a very good example. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely king at this point. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, don't see any change in that. In the like, whoever came up with the idea, the Star City Games Open. You know, props to you. <laughs> well, you know, it's. Everyone kind of says it as like like StarCityGames.com is the empire, and like you know they're like the just like the the Death Star, the you know the full republic or whatever. But it's like you know they do really good work for the game, and if it wasn't for their open series, like Legacy probably wouldn't be doing as well as this. Like I can, I can I can almost say with most assurity, assuredly, I can say most assuredly. Yeah, I don't know. But I could I could say that uh, that if if they didn't have their open series, that Legacy would be nowhere near as popular as it is now. Yeah, a hundred percent. I would have not even started Legacy. So 
got me on board. <laughs> yeah, so if it got KYC, you know, then... You got all of Canada on board, you know. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, like, in terms of North America, like, uh, like Europe and Japan, you know, Star City Games Opens hasn't really affected them as much. Like, they already were into the legacy a lot, I think. Well, there was, a, there was a healthy community in Europe. There's a healthy community of vintage players. But, I mean, healthy is kind of like, you know, is a relative term because, like... Yeah, and you were the one who used it. I didn't say that. Yeah, and that's why I'm clarifying, you know. <laughs> You're saying it. the term you used yourself is a relative term. Yeah, so that people <laughs> don't take it as a concrete term. Yeah. People who like to analyze like you, you know. I just want to give them, I want to throw them a bone, you know? Like I did to your mom last night. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> more Medina. More Medina. More Medina. You guys want more of this. Come on. <laughs> less Medina. <laughs> there is no less you already Medina. Had some, I've had some listeners complain that Medina ruined the cast. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are obviously idiots. <laughs> oh, nobody really complained, right? Because I, I hope I didn't call anyone an idiot right now. <laughs> I think you've called at least some people idiots. Yes. <laughs> oh man, sorry guys. I hope I didn't ruin this cast for you too. <laughs> it's time. For, it's time for me to ruin this cast or ruin Medina's night by a call, calling the clock here. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, you're going to ruin my night because I'm actually going to get some sleep, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Frank, last words to uh, send this episode to an end. <laughs> yeah, uh, shout-outs to my friend Dax, who uh, who lends me cards uh, from time to time, and uh, he's one of my uh, draft buddies. And uh, who else? I, I'd like to give a shout-out also to Sal, who's the store owner at uh, Face-to-Face Games. And he he, he makes uh, these little uh, good uh, tournament every week for Legacy. And we go just go and have fun there. And uh, props to uh, John for... Uh, giving us uh, his wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Alex? Um, well, uh, KYT and I are going to be at the TCG Player 10K this weekend in Toronto. So if uh, you decide you want to come by and say hi to KYT, that's cool. If you want to come <laughs> and say hello to me, well, uh, you can say hello to KYT twice as much. So, <laughs> if you meet Alex, say more Medina. <laughs> no, and yeah, the other thing I wanted to say is less Medina. <laughs> he has to whisper. Now I'm whispering. <laughs> so people can hear me when I'm whispering. If Medina's not talking. <laughs> uh, anyone else, Alex? <laughs> no, that, that's it. Screw okay. you all. <laughs> I'll let I'll, I'll let John finish since he's our uh, most famous host on the show. Uh, Thank you, John. Why don't Why do I thank you? You're, you're regular. <laughs> like, you're not. A, you're not a special guest. You're treating me like a guest in my own house, man. <laughs> I'd like to thank Frank. And you, and you guys are gonna laugh because he he drives me home every night. Tuesday night uh, magic. <laughs> Is the limo in the shop? <laughs> I go, I go and uh, tuck him, in, tuck him in every night. Uh, <laughs> you give him a little peck on his cheek. <laughs> Man, so. uh, you you wouldn't believe it. Like, uh, like <laughs> no, I twice, believe it. 
KYT's house looks like a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does. I, I would I wouldn't dare step in there. <laughs> uh, it actually does. Uh but but huge thanks to Frank and obviously big thanks to Alex for being my legacy deckless consultant and cyborging expert. And shout-outs to everyone who has given us feedback. Big shout-outs to Luke once again. Keep those weekly podcast reviews going. And, John, finish off hey, the show. There's, yeah? there's actually a guy I forgot to uh, mention. He's a, he's a follower on uh, Twitter, and I think you mentioned it the last time. Joel Nidri. Okay, right. Like he he was asking for us to talk about the the land deck and the uh, dredge deck, so m- oh. maybe that's something that we can bring up uh, next time around. Right. Sorry, sorry, Joe. Next time, <laughs> Joel. Right. It's Joel. 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 Yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah, uh, Joel's actually a really cool guy. I traded with him before I was ever like a writer or whatever, and like ever since then, like. We just kind of had this, like, trading relationship, and then when I became a writer, he's like, oh, I'm going to follow you on Twitter, sick. So, uh, so Joel's a cool guy. He actually runs a blog. I don't know how, how often it gets updated, but it's called uh, casuallycompetitive.com. It's right, like a, right. Yeah, it's like a, it's a magic blog, and he just he, he writes his thoughts with uh, Nick Davis, and it's kind of cool stuff. So, I mean, people should check that out. Um, sorry, Joel, we didn't talk about lands. I was too busy arguing with Alex. <laughs> So, um, and then just a, a quick shout out to StarCityGames.com. Uh, that's where I write. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta do it, man. Gotta plug the column, you know? Um, Monday's column, we look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, Monday's column, I write there every Monday. It's called Going Infinite, so check that out. And, um, you know, just, I think they deserve a shout out for putting those buy list prices up, man, and making Legacy a, a really thriving format in North America. <laughs> And, uh, oh, shout out to my other cast, uh, the Nameless cast. We don't have a name yet, but we'll have one tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the, the Mana Nation cast. <laughs> oh, oh, no, Frank, you're, over. <laughs> you're starting a whole other conversation. So, anyways, this is, uh, yeah, this is a podcast that me and Trick Jared from Mana Nation are doing. You can find the podcast on ManaNation.com. You can also find it on MTGcast.com and on MTGmetagame.com. <laughs> John is like super angry, man. <laughs> man, you should call you should call the cast like three got cool guys and John. <laughs> Still, my name would be in there like alone with every all the other guys would be cool guys and then it'd be my name. <laughs> so, oh, one more thing, more Medina. <laughs> oh, I have an anti shout out actually. <laughs> to Medina's <Go> mom. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, see you guys. Oh, John? No, no, no. I'm not going to have the last word. Okay, see you guys next time on Crazy Talk. Thanks for tuning in, guys. All right.